Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited to share episode number 61 of this podcast with you. Many of you have been on this journey with us through media and have listened to a number of different stories from coaches, from athletes, from um, our leadership, from different ministry partners. Today, you're going to hear from another coach, Coach Tristan Weber. He's currently the quarterback coach passing game coordinator for the Highland Park High School football program here in the Dallas area, but just an incredible man, incredible husband, incredible dad, loves Jesus, loves to make Jesus known, to share Jesus. You will be encouraged. Get ready. Buckle down. This one is going to fire you up like no other. So without further delay, let's hear from Tristan. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach Weber. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. You bet. So I always like to start off um, these conversations with some background information because a lot of listeners may not be familiar with who you are. So I thought it'd be good if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, your, about your family growing up, and a little, bit, a little bit about your family today. Sure. So I, I grew up actually in a little small town uh, west of Austin, down in the hill country, uh, Blanco. Hmm. Uh, it's a little little hill country town of about 1,500 people, and I uh, graduated 52. And, uh, you know, being able to go to a small school really afforded me a lot of opportunities to mm-hmm. just pursue a lot of different interests and really see, you know, what, what I love to do. And, you know, I really fell in love with um, with sports and, and um, you know, competition at that uh, growing up there. Um, I grew up actually nine miles outside of that town, kind of in between, um, you know, Blanco there. And, and if you're familiar with Lukenbach, I'm sure most okay. people oh, heard yeah. songs about that place. So. Um, grew up about, you know, five, ten minutes from Lukenbach, Texas, um, out on just this little hill country road. Um, I grew up kind of, uh, I grew up on a cattle ranch, uh, raising cattle out there. And um, anyway, got to just just a lot of uh, a lot of experiences at a young age. Just, you know, obviously growing up on a cattle ranch, I was able to, you know, get my hands dirty and fix mm-hmm. the fence and, you know, driving tractors and that kind of stuff. And then on the other side, growing to a small school, just having a lot of opportunities uh you know, my parents were both super hard workers and instilled that, you know, work ethic. Obviously, you know, growing up on a ranch, you don't you don't get uh, necessarily uh, days off. Right. You know, I've, I've always told stories about my dad. You know, I'd, I'd wake up on a Saturday morning and um, my bro- I'm an older bro- I have an older brother um, named Brian. And, and Brian and I'd wake up early Saturday morning. We'd smell like bacon and you know, just a great, you know, country breakfast, you know, biscuits and gravy and and, uh, you know, it was usually about 630. You'd smell that breakfast. And that usually meant you're going to eat a really good breakfast and there's going to be a long day. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he knew, my dad knew what it, what, what it took to get us out of bed, but it, you know, we, we, we were suckers for it every time. Um, but I'm really fortunate. You know, my dad is a super hard worker and a great Christian man. And I grew up in a, a wonderful Christian loving home. And, uh, you know, just, just was really given a lot of, uh, you know, given, given a great opportunity just to, to watch, uh, you know, watch my dad and, and see, you know, how he handled his business as a man and um, as, a, as a Christ follower. It was really mm-hmm. uh, very fortunate, very fortunate. Um, after I, I left Blanco, I went to Texas A&M. Um, I wanted to, you know, I, 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 in the back of my mind, I think I always knew I wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there was a short snippet right when I graduated high school that I, I really felt like I wanted to go chase the, the big money. And I think I, I, I really wanted to be an engineer. Mm. And uh and so that was kind of where I, I, I left to go to A&M. I had some opportunities to go play some small college um, football um, there in the Hill Country at, you know, Texas Luther or maybe Trinity there in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I had some opportunities there to go play and, and chose not to and chose to go to Texas A&M. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't regret any of it. I was able to go there and, and I changed my major after one semester, decided that, you know, I, I didn't want to be a civil engineer. I'd rather mm-hmm. be a, I'd rather be a football coach. And, um, I changed my major to kinesiology pretty shortly thereafter. And, and um, anyway, I met my wife while I was in college. Um, after we finished up there in, at a Texas A&M, uh, we got married and, and moved up to Dallas, uh, because she wanted to be a, um, a chiropractor. Mm. So when we left, when we left Texas A&M and, moved up to Dallas. She came to school up here to be a chiropractor and, and I, I came with her and we, uh, anyway, we, we prayed really fervently before we came up here about, you know, an opportunity for me to really be around some, some great coaches and some great mentors and, you know, just kind of shot in the dark and, and, you know, kind of put it out to God of, you know, what, where, what do you have for us and where are you, where are you going to put us? And, you know, neither one of us really have ties to Dallas. My mm-hmm. wife is from East Texas. She's from Longview. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always amazing when, you know, you look back and, and you just kind of throw these things up to God and say, you know, God, we're, we're going to take a leap of faith and we're going to move and we're going to, you know, go where we feel like you're calling us, but we don't have any idea what's going to happen. Um, and once we got up here then, uh, or before we got up here, then I, you know, we, we started realizing that we had several connections to Randy Allen, Highland Park, um, the man who I did my student teaching for knew him years ago and, and we had a great relationship. And my wife was working as a, um, doing cardiac rehab at a hospital. And one of her patients was a great longtime family friend of, of Randy and Carolyn Allen. And, um, through those connections, I was able to get up here and, and get the job here at Highland park, um, right out of school. Wow. He hired me at the middle school. Yeah. Hired me at the middle school. Um, like I said, right out of college and, um, we've now been here ever since 2006 was our, my first semester working here, um, was the fall of 06 and we've been here ever since. Uh, wow. We got, we got two beautiful kids now and we got a almost nine year old named Layton. She's in third grade currently. And then we've got an almost two year old named Pearson and he's, uh, He's a wild man. He's on <laughs> fire all the time. Seems like, yeah, he's he's all boy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you've got your hands full for sure. So you you mentioned obviously um, the way you talked about your dad. You grew up in a family of faith, but at what point in your life did you go? You know what? I need a. It's not my parents' faith, but I need that personal relationship with Jesus myself. Well, you know, it's it's uh, like I said, it, it is it is interesting how you make that transition. I I gave my life to Christ in. February 7th of 1993. Mm. Um, I can just remember waking up and, and it was right before we left for church on that Sunday morning. I remember walking downstairs and having a conversation with my parents about, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And anyway, we went to church that day and, you know, I, I accepted him into my heart and was baptized the same day. And, you know, it's just, it was, I knew at the time it was a big commitment and a, a huge point in my life, but, you know, only being, you know, at the time I was nine years old, but, you know, being, being young, um, it, it, it was a process of learning that, you know, that, that, that personal relationship that no one can do it for you. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, it's not, it's, it, it, it took that, you know, growing process of, mm-hmm. of growing out of, you know, the, the faith that I saw my parents show, um, and into my own faith. Um, and that, that's just been a, uh, you know, it's been a, a process. And, you know, as, as I've grown and mature and, I, you know, I've, I've really, um, you know, just to have realized it a little more, it seems like every day, you know, that as, as you dive in and, and, you know, grow in your own relationship, that it, it, uh, it spurs, spurs you on to further, uh, deepen that relationship. But, um, like I said, it, it you know, it, it was a process for sure after that moment of learning the, you know, being a good person is, is great and all, but, you know, that's not what gets us there. That's not what gets us to heaven. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. And that, and that is a good reminder that it is, um, 
it is ongoing and constant growing. That's good. So let's talk to talk a little bit about your um, your coaching for a minute, and then we'll kind of shift back to faith. You you mentioned um, being in Highland Park High School here in the Dallas area, um, and there's a lot of success that goes with the program. You've already mentioned uh, Coach Randy Allen, a, a a coaching legend, if you will, um, at least around in in the state of Texas. So um, tell us about your current position there, and also uh, maybe. You know, is there any added pressure coaching at a place like Highland Park with Coach Allen? Sure. Um, yeah, I think before I get to Coach Allen, I also mentioned that, you know, growing up in Blanco, I had some unbelievable men. Um, you know, I think if you ask any coach, you're, you're going to find that there were men that mentored them, mm-hmm. coaches, you know, that, that really spurred them. And I think that's what the where, you know, the – the deep rooted calling that I had to coaching was the impact that, you know, I had, so, I had an amazing head coach when I was in high school, his name is Brian Emerson. Um, he's retired now, but he, he was a great mentor and role model still is. I still talk to him pretty regularly. And, you know, I had another amazing coach named Rodney Dow um, here in Texas that he, he, uh, you know, I had men like that in my life that really, you know, showed me how, uh, you know, how you can use that, um, you know, platform you have as a coach to really mentor and grow and, and shape the lives of a young man. And, and I think that's where that calling came from. Mm. But sure. Um, you know, when I came here, um, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier that, you know, I, we, we really prayed fervently that God would put us in a great place. And, and man, he, he just landed us right in the middle of a place where, um, you know, Randy Allen so well respected, not just among his peers, but, you know, is, is a man of faith and mm-hmm. loves Jesus. And, um, you know, he, his calling is, is coaching and, um, just being able to learn and men- be mentored by him has been, uh, you know, invaluable. Mm. Um, you know, that he, you know, he's, he's been coaching in, in the state now for, you know, I don't know, 35, 36 years and, you know, fourth, thir- third or fourth all-time winning coach. I mean, he's just, he's had so much success. And, and then I've been able to watch the way he, uh, you know, uses that platform whenever people want to, you know, put him on that pedestal and ask him about all the great things he's done coaching. You know, he, he then can turn and, and point to Jesus and say, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and the most important thing that we're doing as coaches, um, you know, we, we we have a deep desire to want to win, mm-hmm. but through through Jesus, we've already won, and that's, that's our desire as coaches is to, you know, pass that along to these kids that, you know, yes, you know, we're going to do our everything we can to win every football game we can, but at the end of the day, um, you know, our, our our desires are to, you know, teach these young men about the, the love of our, our savior, Jesus, that, um, you know, that that's where you can win eternally. Mm. Um, you know, and, and through those relationships we build, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the, the impact we, you know, that you a coach can have, um, on, on a young person. Um, you know, you also mentioned the pressures, you know, I, I think there's pressures anywhere mm-hmm. as a coach. Um, you know, it's, it's a little nicer when, well, you know, I guess it, it depends. You know, it's, it's it's amazing to have the the expectation, I guess. The expectation is a little different here where, um, you know, the expectation is that we win and the expectation is that, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to make a run just about every year in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think that part of that pressure, though, kind of trickles down, um, it, you know, in, in a really good way to our kids hmm. that, you know, that at the end of the day, the kids have, you know, if, I think Coach Allen in his tenure at Highland Park has lost one football game at Highlander Stadium. 
Wow. You know, that, that since I think 1998, he's lost one game there. And, Ooh. you know, you think about the, the impact that has on the psyche of the kids growing up here that, you know, they, they may have gone to every home football game in their entire life. And maybe if they, you know, if they went to that one, you know, it was, it was I don't know, five or six years ago that we lost to Pulaski Academy in Arkansas. But, um, you know, that if, if they've gone to every football game growing up, they may have only seen the Scotsman's one time. And I think that part of that, you know, psyche that trickles into their minds that that when they become Scots, they're going to win. Mm. You know, and something that we always talk about with our our kids in the program, the culture we have is that you know the Scots find a way. Mm. You know, there's been a lot of football games that that we didn't necessarily need. You know, it didn't look like we were going to win, and and the other team thought they were going to win. But at the end of the day, the the mentality of our kids is is whatever positive break we have happen for us during the course of the game. That's the break we needed to win the football game. Mm. You know, every instance, you know, we were down 21 points with eight minutes left against John Tyler in the fourth round of the playoffs this year. You know, our, our, uh, one of our really good corners, Hudson Clark, intercepted a pass about midfield, and you could just feel the energy on our sidelines that, you know, I looked at our quarterback, Chandler, and he looked at me and he said, that's, what, that's the one. That's, wow. that's the break we needed. You know, that's the break we needed to win this football game. So I think that, you know, yeah, there is some pressure coaching here that, you know, the, the expectations are so high, but at the same time, I think that plays a, a positive role at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And so and with that success, I mean, you've, you've been very fortunate, very blessed to coach some phenomenal athletes. Um, you know, when you're, you told me you just finished your 13th season, so coaching wide receivers for seven or eight years and, and, and now coaching quarterbacks. So is there an athlete or two – since you've been there, that just from a pure athletic standpoint, that just really stands out to you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to pick just one or two. There have been some really, really talented uh, players that I've had a, a really privilege to coach. Um, you know, I guess the first one that comes to mind is my very first year coaching the, uh, the wide receivers here. Um, I had a young man named Chris Hips that was an all-state receiver for us his senior year, you know, just a, an athletic specimen. You know, he's, he's six four. you know, as a, as a high school senior, he was six four, two fifteen, and just Ooh. could fly like a gazelle. And, you know, he, he was a very special player. He could have gone and played anywhere he wanted to division one college football, but he, uh, he decided to chase lacrosse and he went up to, um, to Duke and won a couple national championships up there. And, um, anyway, he, he played in the, he played major league lacrosse for a few seasons, you know, that he's just a, a very, very talented, very, and a great, great young man too. Mm-hmm. Just a special, special kid that um, was, was a privilege to coach him. Um, you know, some other receivers that come to mind, Dalton Stogner uh, played at North Carolina. William Morris played at uh, Davidson has all their college records there as a receiver. And then even more recently, um, you know, I think about, uh, you know, last two years ago and, and the year be- years before that, we had a kid named John Stephen Jones. that was a special, special player. Mm-hmm. Um, he was our quarterback and um, just a, a privilege to be able to work with him and coach him that he's now um, playing at the university of Arkansas. You know, he, he had an unbelievable senior year, you know, he threw for almost 5,000 yards and, you know, something like 61 touchdowns and rushed for another 10. I mean, just had put up unbelievable stats. And, uh, and then most recently we've got a really, really talented quarterback that is coming back for his senior year that last year as a junior, his name's Chandler Morris. Mm. Um, you know, last year as a junior, he threw for 4,000 yards and, 46 touchdowns and I don't even remember how many, you know, another probably almost 700 yards rushing and I think another 20 touchdowns rushing. So, I mean, just a, another really special player that, you know, it's, it's amazing just to, 
to be associated with them um, as their coach is, is really humbling. That's that's incredible. I, you know, you mentioned John Stephen Jones. I was at a FCA awards um, event a little over a year ago when they give out their coach of the year, player of the year award. And, and uh, he was a finalist and actually went, won the player of the year. And I was just struck by his humility. Uh, just with all the Boy. success he's had on the field, you know, coming from the family he comes from, you know, just, sure. but just the, how humble he was in accepting an, a, an award like that that's based on character, not just performance. I was, uh, I was just very encouraged by just being being there and witnessing that it was very encouraging to me yeah he's a great he's a great young man with a, a bright future ahead of him for a lot of reasons but the most important one is just he's a high character mm-hmm. you know just a le- just a leader you yeah know, he, he, he gets it he gets the big picture and and uh anyway he, he's willing to put in the work it takes yeah absolutely so what about maybe an athlete that uh, you've seen god um, just use you in a special way in their life? You know, there, there's some really, uh, you know, again, it's, it's hard to pick out just one or two, but, you know, so, some that I think about, um, we, we've got a, a young man that just is going to graduate this year, and, and uh, he's not going to show up in the stat lines, and he's not going to show mm-hmm. up. Uh, you know, he, he, was a, he was actually, he moved here, his family moved here, his name's Jack Ham, and he moved here um, and was a quarterback when he came. His, they moved from Colorado several years ago, and so I got to know him a little bit as a quarterback when he first moved here and uh, coached him for a couple of years. He actually moved to linebacker before his senior year and played some there. But, uh, you know, he, just just being able to see the way God worked through our relationship that, you know, he, he was really down. You know, he, he came from a place where he was he was playing a lot at quarterback and then he came here and just kind of got stuck behind some other guys that were, a little, you know, very talented. And, uh, you know, got real discouraged. But, you know, it, it was amazing to see how how – you know, through his humility to reach out to say, you know, coach, I'm really struggling with, you know, not being able to get out there and not be able to play. And, um, you know, he, he's heavily involved with the FCA. He's, he's actually the president of our, of our fellowship of Christian athletes this year. And he, uh, you know, last year kind of came to me and said, coach, you know, he was struggling just coming back from an injury. And I said, you know, what's going on? He said, you know, coach, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't know where I fit with this team. I don't know that I have a role. I don't know that, you know, how can how can I be used by this team? And and it really turned into a great opportunity to talk about, you know, how how God uses each one of us hmm. individually. And, you know, something we always talk about with our team is that, you know, not every role looks the same. Mm-hmm. Not every role is especially viewed the same from the outside. But without every person on a team doing their job to the best of their abilities, the team can't succeed. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I talked talk to him about, you know, the understanding that, you know, we're going to find a role for you somehow on this team. And it may not be on the field. It may be in the practice. It may be in meetings. It could be, you know, doing some other things. You're, you're going to have a really important role with this football team. But more importantly than that, you know, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to learn how, you know, through the hard times and through the times where you don't see what's going on, God is going to be able to use you. You know, and God can use your life to shine to others and, you know, he, he kind of sunk in for him for a little bit, and, and he came back to me a few days later and said, you know, Coach, just, you know, I've really been thinking about that. And he said, it's funny that, you know, we talked about this, that, you know, a friend of his from Colorado had reached out, and, and anyway, they'd had some conversation, and he was able to really witness to him and was really praying for his, you know, his, uh, you know, his walk and, and how he was able to witness to him through the things he was dealing with currently. And I said, that's it. You know, that, that's, that's it. That's it all coming together. 
Wow. You know, when, when you can see, you know, how, how we just, you know, talked about it briefly and then God immediately said, that's me, let, let's talk, let, let me show you how I can use you. Mm. And it just encouraged him in a way that, you know, just spurred him on further. And, uh, you know, he's another great young man with a super bright future um, that, you know, I'm, I'm really excited and, and again, blessed and humbled just to be around and, and I'm excited to see what the future has for him. Wow, that's good. That's a, that's a good reminder for all of us, though, no matter, you know, whether it's athletics or whatever career we're in, that we all have a special role and we need to focus on our role and um, understand why we're there. And like you said, some get more attention than others, but that doesn't decrease the importance. That's good. That's right. So you mentioned uh, earlier that uh, you have two kids, your wife's um, – Talked about her a little bit, and you know the demands of a coach, especially a high school football coach here in the state of Texas, is, I mean, the demand is pretty high as far as time. So, how do you balance the demands of your career as a coach um, with being a husband and a dad? You know, I, it, it is hard, and you know, for those that aren't familiar, you know. Uh, a football coach, especially in the state of Texas, you know, it's, it's a seven day a week all the way through the season. And we start, you know, usually beginning of August and, you know, we've been fortunate to play for state championship games the last few years. And, and, uh, you know, it goes all the way up until Christmas Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that, that commitment of seven days a week for, you know, half the year puts an, you know, puts an enormous strain on, on your family. And I know I, I couldn't do what I do, um, in, in the way that I, you know, want to do it in the way that I do it, you know, just putting everything in, um, without my wife, you know, she's amazing. You know, Denise is her name and she's just an amazing woman that, um, has, has spurred me forward and, and is my biggest fan, um, on and off the field. But, you know, she's constantly, you know, encouraging me and praying for me and, you know, spurring me forward as I, uh, you know, continue. And I couldn't do that without her. But I think the, the most important thing that we've learned through these years of, of you know, because every year there's a new challenge mm-hmm. during the season, you know, whatever it is, you know, that the most important thing that we do is just to try to be, you know, we'll, we'll look at each other and tell each other that, you know, we, we got to be 100% where our feet are, be present in every single moment mm. that, you know, that when she's at work, you know, being a chiropractor, or if I'm at work being a football coach, that, you know, it's very important for each one of us to know that, and and to encourage the other one that, you know, when you're there and, and, you know, she tells me all the time when you're, when you're coaching football, just know that I'm going to hold it down and do whatever we need to do at the, at the house. Mm. And, and, you know, just knowing that, 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 you know, she's going to be my support there and that I can be fully present diving in and really, you know, get, getting as deep as I need to with these kids that, um, you know, having that support, but, you know, just to be, just to be 100% present, but, you know, the same happens when you, when I get home, you know, it's, you're tired at the end of the day, just like I'm sure a lot of people are when you get home and and it's not easy, but you know, the, that for us, the the non-negotiables in our life are our faith in Jesus and our family. Mm. And we, we know when we step through the door, you know, obviously we're, we're doing our own, you know, quiet time and, and we're reading things and we're, you know, doing that on our own to really pour into ourselves and let Jesus speak to our lives as we, you know, deepen that relationship. But then, you know, as soon as we walk in the door at home, you know, it's, it's a non-negotiable. Our family is important. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're, if we're choosing to take something that takes time away from our family, it's, it's a big priority for us too. But when we step back into the door, you know, whether we're tired and, you know, it's hard some days, but you know, we, we step into the house at, in the evenings, you know, it's, it's full, full tilted, <coughs> excuse me that, uh, you know, we're going to be 100% present with our kids and with each other. 
And, you know, that's something we've had to learn, you know, the hard way in a lot of ways that, you know, when we're not being fully present with each other, when we're not encouraging each other, when we're not diving in the word together and, and praying for each other and praying over each other, that, you know, it's, it's easy to see how quickly the, you know, the enemy is able to work his way and, and weave his way into our lives that, uh, you know, can help or that, that hurt our relationships in every, in every aspect, hurt our relationship with Jesus, hurt our relationship with our kids, with, with each other, with our family, you know, with, um, you know, it, it's, it's easy how quickly, and it's amazing how quickly he can just weave his way in there. So, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of where we are as a family unit that, you know, the non-negotiables for us are faith and family. And then after that, you know, we're, we're really going to evaluate in a really serious way, you know, time spent away from our family. Yeah. And something else we, we, we've chosen to do is, you know, we're, we're trying to be real intentional of setting time together with just the two of us, you know, mm-hmm. date nights away from the kids and, and just getting them on the calendar. Because, again, if, if you don't, you know, we, we believe that any time you, um, you know, the old cliche of anyone who fails to plan plans to fail. That's right. And so we feel like, you know, when we, we don't plan out our month and say, you know, these are the nights that are going to be for us. And these are the nights, you know, I, I try to take my daughter out. Um, once a month and she tries to take my daughter out once a month as our son gets older we'll do the same with him but you know doing the the, those intentional moments with with just us and our daughter or just us and our son and just us together that you know we're able to really pull in and and you know hopefully the 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 relationships we're forming with the kids I'm coaching and with the people that she's around every day that you know those are important to us obviously but you know the most important thing we feel like we do every day is is the you know uh, mentorship and discipleship of our children well, that's good. That's a good reminder. So, I know as a dad myself, that's a, I can never hear that enough. Um, just, oh, I'm the same way, brother. You know, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah, that's... I, talking, I, talking to myself a lot of times. Yeah, I was going to say, I need to probably just get that piece of the of this episode and just cut that one out and just listen to it every day, every morning, just as a reminder that, you know, about pouring into to family. That That's very good. So I want to ask you now about just the role of sports and culture. I mean, it's no secret that culture, our culture is very divided. And we, when we started um, All In Sports Outreach, it actually started in my hometown in Selma, Alabama, and just has a long history of, of being divided. And we were just a group of friends just really just wanting to, to impact our hometown. And, 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 and we came came back to sports we just thought sports is the one thing across the world that brings people together um you know i've talked to a number of people doing this podcast that that say you know on a friday night you can go to any high school football stadium and in on the field and in the stands people overlook maybe just for three hours but they overlook any racial um differences socioeconomics religion politics it's it's just sports has that unique ability to to make people work together and so that's why we came up with um, using sports as a way to to share the gospel but also promote unity so I was going to ask you in your experience in athletics as a player as a coach how have you seen that um, be reality of where you know where people put aside differences for the one common goal through sports well, you did such a great job describing it because it is. I mean, it's it's an amazing um, tool to be able to. It does. It cuts through all the tensions and the mm-hmm. you know anything that's going on that is you know competition is just such a great equalizer with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it do, it doesn't matter. You know, 
what color you are, where you came from, really what do you, you know, what, what, what went on earlier in your day, you know, when you, when you get out there and you're competing, especially in team sports, mm-hmm. you know, the team sports I, I love, especially because it, it, you know, without your brother next to you doing his job and on the other side doing his job, this thing doesn't work. Mm. But you're able to see the other side of it, that when in sports, you know, again, another thing we talk about with our, our team is that you can't have success without sacrifice. And and when you're sacrificing for the, a good that's greater than yours, you can achieve so much more. You know, there's a, there's an old, I'm not sure where it came from, but an old saying that, you know, if, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm. But if you want to go far, go together. And, you know, what, what a great lesson in, in the world we live in today that <clears throat> if, if if we want to go somewhere, well, you can get in the car and go by yourself. But if you want to go somewhere and make an impact, let's all go together. Let's link arms and let's let's all have a common goal of moving in the same direction and a direction that we all believe in, that we all know that we can accomplish. And And it takes every one of our skill sets, all the different things that – you know, what we were talking about earlier with, with Jack, that, you know, when when God puts us in a place that's a little uncomfortable and you say, God, what are you doing with me? You can look to your side and see your brother doing something that's amazing. You can look to the other side and see he's doing something amazing. And you can know that, that God can do something amazing in your own life. That if, if you link arms with these other guys, now all of a sudden my weakness is made strong because he's really good at it. Wow. And his weakness might be my strength. And now we're better, you know, Together, we're we're better than the sum of our parts. Mm-hmm. That you know, we we can now, you know, do do an amazing thing, and that's what I love about sports. That you know, it it doesn't matter in anything. That when you step on the field, you know, when when you have a singular focus, that that's where it starts. Mm. And then what a great way to translate that into the rest of these you know young men's lives. That you know, that, that's the goal of, and that's why I get it. You know, that's why I got into coaching to begin with as a ministry to try to explain to them that. What you're doing now is a microcosm, and you can draw on these experiences from this little small experience of playing high school football. You can draw on these experiences and, and become great husbands and great fathers mm. and great businessmen and great, you know, leaders and great, you know, whatever it is that, that you, you can be great if you draw upon these experiences. And a big part of that is understanding that, you know, in a team, everybody has a different role. And at the end of the day, God doesn't care what you look like and God doesn't care where you came from. You know, God cares that you are fully present and you're ready to say, I, I, I'll go. Mm. God, send, send, send me. I'm ready. That's right. That's good. That's good. So we have a lot of our listeners, um, or student athletes or, or coaches, and it's no secret that especially those like yourself that coach in the, in the, in the, in the public school arena, you know, some, some face more resistance or challenge than others. So what advice or encouragement would you offer a student athlete or coach that is a believer, understands they, they have a platform through athletics to be a light, but maybe struggling to find the right way to, to be bold in their faith? How would you encourage or, or offer advice to them? Yeah, I think it, it all starts with, you know, h- how are you – deepening your own relationship with Christ, because I think that's where the root of everything begins. That if, if you're deepening your relationship with Christ and pouring in and praying 
for God to show you big things. And then when he does show you these things, you know, I'm able to look back and see all these points in my life where God has revealed something amazing to me that it makes you more bold in your faith that you're like, God, God had me then. It didn't feel like it at the time, but I knew he did. And now I can look back and see how it worked. Mm. And, you know, don't ever, don't ever be deterred in your faith, no matter where you are, you know, that, that you don't need to worry about what's next and you need to worry about what I'm doing here. You know, again, what, be, be where your feet are. Because wherever your feet are, and and, and th- that's where exactly where God needs you, and that's exactly where God could use you. You know, again, your your platform. You know, I've, I've talked to several people that you know. Well, you know, I, I I'm hoping that I get an opportunity to be on a platform to speak God's name. And I, well, where are you today? Mm. Did you go? You, you went to work. You went to school. You you went to class. You went to the cafeteria. You went to the gas station. You know, you you were in how many different places today where you had an opportunity. And, and God gave you a platform to engage in someone, you know, you don't got to beat them over the head with the Bible. All you got to do is engage them and let them know that you care about them and that you love them and that God loves them. And, and, and as you continue to nurture those relationships, God's going to, God's going to reveal things to them and to you and how you can work through that and, and, and teach them. And, you know, that, that's the biggest thing, the encouragement I would give, you know, anyone is yeah. be, be, pre- be present and know that if you're bold in the platform God gives you every day, then you're going to find yourself with a platform where you're, you're talking to hundreds or thousands or who, who knows how many lives you can impact. Even if it's just you impact, you know, the, your small circle every day. You know, I heard someone say a couple of weekends ago, I was listening to a speech and he, the guy was talking that, or was, was explaining that um, one person can positively influence in their, it, it, I think it was in a year, can positively influence 200 people. And, and this is just an average. And, you know, right. you think about that. How many people can I influence? You know, if I'm influencing my 200, that now influence another 200, and that now, you know, how wide that circle gets so quickly. So, you know, that that's a, you know, just an encouragement to anyone that if you're bold in your faith, God's going to reveal amazing things in your life. That's going to, you know, it's going to scare you because you're going to continue to move forward and do things in in a bigger ways and be more bold in your faith. Wow, that's good. That's a great man. That's that's awesome. I like that. I wrote that down twice already. Be where your feet are. That's good. Very good. So I know a lot of people have um, a favorite scripture or refer to it as a life verse. So I was wondering if you had a scripture, maybe one that God's shown you recently that you would share to encourage us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think the one that, that has been kind of resounding, at least you know, in this new year, um, as I've just been kind of studying some different things, that one that I feel like keeps coming back is, is at the end of Ephesians when Paul writes and he's talking about putting on the full armor of God. And, mm-hmm. you know, he talks at the beginning about, uh, you know, he, he's given some instructions there at the beginning of the chapter. And then he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that verse alone is just, you know, be strong in the Lord. That's where your strength is, is in the Lord. That's where you need to be strong is be strong there and in his mighty power. You know, that we don't need to... We, we need to understand and fully comprehend it daily that it's not my power and it's not my strength and it's not my ability. You know, it's God's. And, and when we resonate on that level, that, that's, that's empowering. Well, that's and, you good. Know, as we're putting on the full armor of God, that, you know, that those, those are the things that, that resonate with me right now is, is that, you know, God, God, God's got this. God's got us and he's, he's going to take care of it. And, 
we don't need to know all the details. We don't want to know all the details, to be honest. You know, we, we don't we don't want to know how, how all the things meet together because it would it would I'm sure just cause us to be even more stressed out. That we, we just need to understand that at the end of the day, that's where our strength is right now. And every day. Our strength is in him and in his mighty power. And Very true. We can put on we can put on this this armor of God knowing full well that, that we're not fighting our battle. We're we're fighting with him in his battles. That's good. Wow, that's Great reminder. That's very good. So one last question I'd like to ask listeners. Um, the first two words um, in when we started this organization, All In, um, we took All In the name All In Sports Outreach from Colossians 3.17, where I'll paraphrase, but Paul is, just says, you know, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just, you know, our mission is when we go out um, through sports is to talk to kids as it doesn't matter if you're in sports or at home as a son or a daughter in school, at work, no matter what you're doing, it's well, what you're saying, what you're thinking, it's, it needs to, to point people to Jesus. It needs to honor, honor God. So um, that's where we get that all in from. But also know in the sports world, it's, it's very popular for teams to have T-shirts or wristbands and say all in. But in, in talking about being all in your walk with Christ, what does that look like? In your daily walk, what does it look like for you to be all in? Well, I think it starts with, um, you know, I've kind of pointed to it already a couple of times. It starts with your own personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that no one's gonna, no one's going to do it for you. No one can do it for you. That's right. And you know that that's where it starts being all in for yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the boat's sinking. Who are you putting in there? Well, you got to put yourself in there first, or else you can't help anybody else. Mm. And so, you know, be, being all in there for yourself first. And then, you know, having an intention every day, you know, one of, one of my big intentions every day is, is uh, if, when someone asks me, I started doing it several years ago, when someone asked me, they'll say, hey, Coach Weber, how you doing today? Well, that's a question that, you know, it's usually a throwaway question that somebody's just trying to break the ice or, you know. And, and so what I started saying was, it's the best day of my life. Mm. And, they would, and, it, and it would kind of stop them in their tracks a little bit, and they would say, well, what? Well, what happened? And I'm like, it's all happening. You know, let, let me tell you a little bit about what happened today. But, but it's an intention for me that I'm going to do things today that I'm going to be proud of tomorrow. Mm. You know, I, I'm going to do things today to, to build that foundation brick by brick to, to, to continue to move forward and press forward and do, and do things that scare me a little bit. And that when, when somebody asks me, how am I doing how's your day going? And I say, it's the best day of my life. It's because I've done as many different things as I can that day to make it the best day of my life. Because, you know, I, t- I told someone the other day, they said, <coughs> excuse me. So what about, what about tomorrow? And I said, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I said, I can't do anything about tomorrow. What I can do something about is right now. Well, what about when you got married? I said, that was a great day. I love that day, but that day's gone. And I can't do anything about that one anymore. What I can do something about is this one right now. And so that's kind of where I've started. You know, I, I start my day. That, um, you know, I, I don't know if we have enough. We got a little bit more time here. Oh yeah, we're good. Okay. Well, let me. I'll, I'll tell you one, one more story here. That absolutely. I heard. Uh, I read uh, in a book called "Chop Wood, Carry Water." Uh, I think that's where I got this. I just finished. Yeah, a, I just finished that book last week. Oh, it's a fantastic book. <laughs> it, is, it is. Just a great, great little short read that you could read. You know, I think I ended up reading it in a day and then I turned around and read it again over the course of like two months, just piece at a time. But, um, 
you know, as I was reading that, it, it tells a story of the 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 home builder mm. that has has built this. You know, he he builds the most beautiful homes in the entire world, and you know, no one no one questions whether or not his houses are the best. And his boss calls him in, and or he 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 asks for a meeting with his boss, and he walks in there and he tells his boss, he said, I I, I want to retire. I'm I'm done building homes. And his boss says, Can you build me one more house? And he said, No, I don't want to build another house. I'm um you know I'm I'm done building homes. And he said just just trust me can you build if you build me one more house i promise that that you know you, you'll appreciate the reward and he said how oh, okay and, you know reluctantly he agrees and he goes out there and he he, he builds this one last house and his, his you know his heart's not in it he doesn't do a very good job and he's not on the job side very much and just kind of gives half effort all the way through this this job and and builds a house that he's not very proud of and it's kind of thrown together and, and it's you know people look at it and they, they know it's his because it's pretty good but they he, he knows deep down it's not anywhere close to his best work and he finishes it up and he goes back into his boss's office and he says you know says i've built the house can i retire now and he says yeah you can retire so before you leave though i want to give you one more thing and he hands him a box and the builder opens up the box and inside is a key and he says what's this and his boss says that's the key to the house you just built i'm going to give you that house and, you know, it, it resonates with me because, you know, that story, because it, when you hear that, you just, you can just, uh, and even just telling, I just, my heart stinks for that man. But it's a great lesson for all of us that we're building the house that we're going to live in tomorrow. We're building that house today. Mm-hmm. And if, if we, if we do things that we're proud of today, that, that are, are kingdom focused and are Jesus centered and are you know, full force, hundred percent present in where my feet are things today, then tomorrow we're going to look back and, and be proud of yesterday. And then, and then before long, you're going to put together, you know, months and years where you look back and you can see the growth you had and you can see the growth of people around you have had, and you can see the growth, um, the community around you have, has had and, and the impact of those lives that you've impacted have had. And, and now all of a sudden you say, man, I am proud of that house. I'm, I'm proud of what I've built because I didn't worry about 10 years from now. And it's good to plan 10 years from now, but the only way we can be, get to the goals we set 10 years from now are doing something today. And that's, that's what it means to me. That's what being all in in my faith and all in in my life means is, is doing things today that I'm proud of. That's good. That is a great way to kind of put a bow on it and, and just, wrap this thing up. That's good. I'm glad you mentioned that book um, because I literally just finished it and I've read that story like three times. I haven't read the whole book three times yet, but um, I've replayed and reread that story multiple times just because of what you just said, that reminder that um, if I'm not all in every day, um, I could be missing out on something beautiful. Absolutely. That's good. Hey, I know it's a busy time. I know you got a, a busy family, so I appreciate your time. Of course. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for all you're doing with this podcast. I know it's, it's having a huge kingdom impact, and it's a blessing to so many. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. I told you in the intro, this one is going to fire you up. I am still fired up from this episode, just from the day I recorded it. I've been over the notes multiple times. It really spoke to me personally. I hope you were encouraged, but just I needed it where I am in life right now. I needed the reminder to be present, to be where my feet are, not always looking at the next thing, but focusing on where God has me now. And also, 
um, on a practical side of life, you can't have success without a sacrifice. Everything has a cost. That it, it's true in your career. It's true in extracurricular activities that you're going to have to sacrifice something to be successful. But more than anything, in our walk with Christ, it's a sacrifice. There's a cost, and we need to count the cost. And Jesus is very clear about that, that we have to deny ourselves and follow him. What an incredible reminder. And to be strong in the Lord, as it says in Ephesians 6, and trust in his mighty power. What an incredible word. And then just a reminder of asking myself, how am I deepening my relationship, my relationship with Christ today? Don't get frustrated. Don't be deterred in my faith. Stay the course. But just the thing that resonated with me over and over in my mind since I recorded this a couple weeks ago is be where my feet are. And that's just, I don't know if that spoke to you the way it spoke to me. But thank you, Coach Weber, for encouraging me personally. And I, and I hope and I pray that as you're listening to this episode, that it, you were encouraged. You were encouraged to continue on in your walk, wherever you are in your walk, to continue pressing on toward the prize. I also ask you, like always, to share this episode with a family member or a friend, somebody that needs to be encouraged. Leave us a review on iTunes. The more reviews, the greater the platform to continue sharing these stories like, like Tristan's story. That we can be encouraged in our walk and we can use this to encourage others because this message of Jesus through media is going across the country into other countries of the world. So these incredible stories that you listen to and you share are impacting the kingdom in a mighty way. So continue to share, continue to, to listen. But most of all, continue to pray for us that we stay humble, we stay focused on the purpose, and we just are able to continue to share these stories. We love to hear from you. Go to our social media, All In Sports Outreach on Facebook. Go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Send us a message. Also, see who we are. See why we do what we do. See how you can pray for us. There's opportunities to serve with us. There's opportunities to give as well. Again, thank you. Thank you for, for listening, whether you're a first-time listener or a subscriber. Thank you for your continued prayers and continued support.